0: And welcome to everyone who's joining us online, as well as those of you watching through our satellite groups. Great to be with you. One quick announcement before we jump into the teaching for, day, for today, we want you guys to be aware that we have a baptism class coming up here at Christian Assembly. So if you have given your life to Jesus Christ maybe two days ago, two weeks ago, two years or two decades ago, but you have not yet been baptized as a Christ follower, we want to encourage you to take that next step and get baptized. So we want to encourage you to sign up for our baptism class It's happening at Christian Assembly on November 14th, and then baptisms will be happening on the weekend of December 11th and 12th. So, if you're interested in that, uh, you can see me and Coley for more info, or you can just go to our website and register. Well, you guys, as we uh, jump into our teaching for today, I'm going to have a picture of my boys on the screen behind me because why not? They're really cute. And yeah, you can, oh, it's cute. Okay. So um, I love my boys. I talk about them all the time because I love them. They're just such a great blessing. They're one of the greatest joys and delights of my life. They just started kindergarten back in late August, I think. And so it's crazy to me to think that they recently started kindergarten and that they're actually five years old. Because to me, it feels like just yesterday that I was pregnant with twins. I'm like, how did five years pass so quickly? This morning when I was taking them to school, we got in the car and uh, I buckled in one of my boys and then I went to buckle my other boy into his car seat and he said, oh no mom, it's okay, I've got this, I can do this on my own. And they've been saying that, I know it's sad, they've been saying that a lot more recently. They've been saying, no mom, we've got this, we can do this on our own, we don't need your help with this. And so when they were really small, they depended on me a lot more, right? They needed me to feed them, they needed me to change them, they needed me to help them get dressed. But now the older they get, they're able to get dressed themselves for school, they're able to feed themselves more easily, they just can do so much that they no longer depend on me for. And of course, they're still kids, there's still a ton that they depend on me for, like they can't yet tie their shoes, so I get to tie their shoes. Um, They don't have money yet, so when we go to the dollar section at Target and I'm like, who's paying for this? They're looking at me. So there are still many things that they depend on me for, Um, but as they've grown up, just in five years, I can see these different ways that they are seeking independence from me. They want to be less and less dependent on me. And I share this with us, not just because my kids are cute, but because I think that we can all relate to this, right? Each of us in some way seeks independence. We want control. We want to make things happen the way we want them to happen. We want to do things the way we want to do them. We don't always want the help of someone who maybe knows better than we do or who has help to offer us. And, and um, we often depend on ourselves. But the truth is we cannot just depend on ourselves. We can't buy into the lie of self-sufficiency that we can do this all on our own. The truth is we need help every moment of every day. And even for my boys, if they don't recognize how much help they need and they want independence, the truth is they need help every moment of every day. God's heart for us is to depend on him, to place our dependence in God, to recognize our need for him, that we need him every moment of every day and to acknowledge we need God's help. In the book of Hosea, Israel was failing to depend on God. They were depending on anyone and anything but God. Coley talked last week about different idols that Israel placed their hope and their faith and their trust in, and we can relate in some different idols that we tend to place our hope or our security in, but idols, anything that's an idol like wealth, relationships, possessions, your career, whatever it is, we know this. These idols are always gonna disappoint us. These idols are not dependable the only one who is truly dependable is God. And so that's what I want us to consider today, the dependability of God and the truth that we can depend on God because he is dependable. So let's pray and then we'll jump in. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the gift of doing Women's Bible City, Lord, and thank you for the truth of your character that you are so, so, so dependable, Lord. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us today through Hosea, through your word. I pray, God, that you would show us places in our own lives where, if we're honest, we don't depend on you. We are living as though we don't need you. Um, And God, I pray that you would bring us back, that you'd help us to return to a deeper and deeper dependence on you, Lord. So God, speak to us Would your Holy Spirit. Move in this place in a way that only you can. We pray all this in your great name, Jesus. Amen. Well, one of the things, you guys, that we've been talking about in our Hosea study is the metaphor of the marriage between uh, Gomer and Hosea and how that's a metaphor for the relationship between Israel and God. But in our reading this week, one of the passages we were reading was from Hosea chapter 11. And Hosea chapter 11 includes a different metaphor. It includes the metaphor of a child and a parent. And so I want us to look at this metaphor to see what we can learn about ourselves as well as what we can learn about God. So Hosea 11, starting in verse one, and these Be on the screen behind me says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to idols. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leaving him along by the hand, but he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck and I myself stooped to feed him. But since my people refuse to return to me, they will return to Egypt and will be forced to serve Assyria." So when Israel was a child, God loved him. God is like a loving parent who takes care of his children. He taught Israel how to walk. And for any of you who are parents or you've nannied or you've babysat really little kids as they start to crawl and take their first steps and learn to walk, you know all of the love and the care and the joy that goes into holding their hand and watching them take their first steps and applauding as they do and teaching them how to walk. God loves and he cares for us deeply like a parent who loves loves his children and wants to help them learn the skills of things like walking. Now for some of us, this metaphor of a child and parent can be tricky or challenging. Maybe growing up you had absent parents. Maybe you had parents that you would say were the exact opposite of loving. Um, Maybe you struggled with your parents or even today you continue to struggle. It's easy for us to bring our own experience into a metaphor like this, but what I wanna remind us is that this is a metaphor, and in any of the ways that our earthly parents have failed to love us, God is not like that. God is perfect, he is full of love, I'm a parent, and I know I try the best I can to love my kids. And I wish I could be the perfect parent, and sometimes I think I'm really close to being that. Um, But I will never be the perfect parent because my love for my kids is always going to be tainted by my sin and my brokenness. But that's not true for God. God loves us perfectly and unconditionally, and so for some of us, we need to set aside the hurts and the wounds of our past or our present with our family relationships in order to grasp this metaphor of a child and a parent, how Israel is like a child and God is like a parent, how we are like a child and God is like a parent. Like a loving parent, God cares for us. He watches out for us, he teaches us, he disciplines us. He knows more than we do and he knows what is best for us. God is the loving parent in this metaphor. And then Israel is the child. Israel is the rebellious son. He chooses to go his own way rather than to go the way that God is asking him to go. Uh, Verse two is going to be on the screens again, but I think this verse is so interesting. It says, but the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me. This reminds me as a parent of all the times that I call to my kids and they just move farther and farther away. So I'm like, hey, come back here. Don't do that. Don't write on the wall. Please clean your room. Please make up your bed. Okay, guys, we're leaving. Two minutes. One minute. Let's go. And the more I call to them and tell them what direction to go, there are so many times where they just keep going farther and farther away from me. They do not wanna go the direction that I want them to go. One of the most challenging parts of parenting can be getting our kids to listen. Hosea 11.7 says, my people are bent on turning away from me. So you see this stubbornness in Israel, right? Israel is like this little child who wants their own way. They're rebellious, they're doing the exact opposite of what God wants them to do. And if we're honest, we can be the same way. We can all have that tendency to be stubborn, to fight for our own way, to want things to go the way we think is best. We don't always want someone to tell us what to do. We don't always want to submit to people. And if we're honest, there are times where we don't want to submit to God simply because we don't want to do what he's asking us to do. We think it's too hard. It's not what we'd hoped for. And submission can be hard for us. When I think of this metaphor of a child and a parent, one of the key things that comes to mind for me is the idea of dependency. So a difference I see between a parent and a small child is that the parent really isn't dependent on their child for much, but the child is super, super dependent on their parent, especially young kids. They depend on a parent for almost everything. Hosea 12:6 wasn't in our reading this week, but here's what it says. It says, so now come back to your God act with love and justice, and always depend on him? What would it look like for us to always depend on God? When you think of how a child depends on their parents, what would it look like for us to depend on God the way a child depends on their parents? If we're honest, do we recognize our need for God Or do we buy into the lie that says, I don't actually need God, I'm self-sufficient, I can do this on my own, I've got enough resources on my own to figure out this life? Is there anywhere where you find yourself or I find myself depending more on ourselves and not enough on God? Now, it's easy to hear this and think, well, no, I depend on God, I believe in God, I know my need for God, I recognize my need. So to help us with a little honest evaluation, I've got one assessment question I'm going to give us. There are probably plenty of questions that I could ask, but I'm just going to ask us one assessment question, and it'll be on the screens behind me if you want to write it down. It's this. How much time do you spend praying for your needs, the needs of others, and the needs of the world? How much time do you spend praying for your own needs, for the needs of others, and the needs of the world? And we'll keep that up there for a second if you want to write it down. My kids have been in kindergarten for a couple months now, you guys, and so I get to do drop-off and pick-up every day. And it gives me a lot of opportunities to meet different parents. And the more I'm meeting these moms and these dads, I just feel this responsibility of sharing the gospel with them, helping them know Jesus if they don't know him. And so last week I prayed and I wrote this prayer in my journal. I said, Lord, please give me ways to evangelize to parents at school and please give me open doors with families and especially moms. A couple days later, I went to drop off my kids at school, and I found myself in a conversation with a mom who I'd met previously, and then another mom and a dad I hadn't yet met, and then another mom I hadn't yet met. And so we're standing there talking. Our kids have all gone into class. We're on the sidewalk talking. And if I'm honest, a part of me was like, this is cool, but I got to go. I got to get to work. Like, I've got a lot to do in my day. And then this other part of me was like, Jill, this is an answer to your prayer. Like, you prayed for opportunity to build relationship with these parents. This is an answer to that. God was giving me open doors to build relationship with parents at my school. So we stood there talking for maybe 15 minutes. We talked on the sidewalk. And when I left, I felt so grateful for that answered prayer, but I also felt the weight and the responsibility of wanting these people to know Jesus and wanting them to know the good news of what Christ has done for them. And so I'm an activator and strengths finder. I'm into productivity and efficiency and planning, and I like to do things and get things done. So my mind was like, okay, how do I get this done? Like, how do I help these people know Jesus? Maybe I can plan an event. Maybe I can invite them to church. And then this thought popped into my head and the thought was simply, well, you could pray for them. You could just on your own, you could pray for them. And then I thought, I mean, what good is that gonna do? Like, I've gotta actually do something to help these people know Jesus. And that's when I had this aha moment where I realized, oh, I'm not fully depending on God. I think that I can do more for these people to know Christ with my own actions and abilities than God can do simply in his own power and through me just praying and lifting these people up to him. Um, So, How much or how little we pray, I think, really reflects how much or how little we depend on God. Tim Keller, who's a pastor and theologian, many of you will know him, he says to pray is to accept that we are and always will be wholly dependent on God for everything. There are two women who come early every week to pray over this room. And you may or may not know that, but they get her early, they walk the room, they pray over the room and the chairs, and they pray with people if people have needs. But the fact that they get here early to pray shows me that they know their great need for Jesus. They know that whatever happens in this ministry, in this room, in Women's Bible Study at your tables, it doesn't depend on me or Coley or our table leaders, it depends on God. And so when they come early every Wednesday morning to pray, they are a part of helping to shape Women's Bible Study. So I truly believe what happens here and what happens at Bible Study is different because women come and they pray and I know some of you guys probably pray as well for Women's Bible Study, but thank you guys for that. If we want to grow in our dependence on God, then we need to be people who pray. So what are the things or the people or the needs that you find yourself praying a lot for? A lot of us who pray would probably say, hey, there's common things I come back to. I pray all the time for this or I pray all the time for that. But then also, what are the things or the people or the needs that you rarely pray for? that you've stopped praying for or that you've never really started praying for? What would it look like for you and I to pray more as a way of depending on God to meet those needs, to bring our request to Him and trust Him like a really good and loving parent? A couple weeks ago, we talked about our need to return to God, and for some of us, one of the ways we need to return to God is simply through prayer. We need to either start praying for things we stop praying for. We need to start praying altogether because if we're honest, we're like, hey, it's been a while since I've prayed. Or we need to pray more. I don't think we ever arrive at a place where it's like, well, I've prayed enough in this day. I've prayed enough in this lifetime. Where do we need to pray more and more and bring our needs and our requests to God as a way of depending on Him? Hosea reminds us of our need to depend on God, but it also reminds us of our need to remember how dependable God actually is. One of the other passages we read this week from was, was from Hosea 13, and Hosea 13, verses four through six say, I have been the Lord your God ever since I brought you out of Egypt. You must acknowledge no God but me, for there is no other savior. I took care of you in the wilderness, in that dry and thirsty land, but when you had eaten and were satisfied, you became proud and forgot me. So in order to understand these verses, we have to remember some of Israel's history. And some of you guys who were with us in our uh, Exodus study a couple years back, you might remember these stories. But when God says, I brought you out of Egypt, this is referencing a time in Israel's history where Israel was enslaved in Egypt. They were in slavery under Pharaoh. And God freed them from their slavery. God sent plagues upon Egypt so that Pharaoh would let the people go. And then God parted the Red Sea, he literally parted water so that his people could walk across on dry land. Just to give you a glimpse of this from Exodus 14, it says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. So God took these waters and he literally parted them. He took wet ground and he made it dry ground. He took enslaved people and made them free. And God still does that today. God still continues to take enslaved people and make them free. And all of this is only possible because of the power of God. After God brought his people out of Egypt, they were in the wilderness. And those verses we just read in Hosea also mention the wilderness. So when God says, I took care of you in the wilderness in that dry and thirsty land, it's referring back to the season where God's people were in the wilderness and they were literally thirsty and God gave them water to drink. He provided for their need of thirst by giving them water. There are so many times as you read the scripture where God's word refers back to things that God has done in the past, where it remembers his past works, or where the Bible refers to God as the one who brought his people out of Egypt. Just a couple examples. Numbers 15, 41 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. And then Exodus 20, verse two says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And those words we just read from Exodus 20, verse two, God spoke those words right before giving the 10 commandments. So right before he told Israel how to live, he reminded them who he is. Over and over again, God reminds the Israelites of what he has done for them and who he is. There's something important about remembrance, right? When we remember all that God has done for us in the past, it gives us greater faith and belief for what God can do for us in the present and the future. When we remember that God was powerful and dependable yesterday, that he was so powerful when he parted the Red Sea and had his people walk across on dry land, it reminds us that God is still powerful today and he could still part a Red Sea and have us walk across on dry land today. So when you look at your life, What are some of the ways that God has provided for you? What are some of the miracles that God has done for you or a loved one? What are some of the ways God has brought you through a wilderness season, that maybe in the midst of it, you thought, I am never getting out of this, I'm never making it through this wilderness season, but now you're on the other side, and you see God's hand and how he brought you through that. Or what are some of the stories from God's words, some of the Bible stories that you need to spend time in, that you need to remember and think on and cling to as a way of reminding yourself of who God is and all that he has done for us? Just like the Israelites needed to remember constantly that God brought them out of slavery in Egypt, what is it that you and I need to remember today to give us faith and strength for whatever it is God is calling us to? I gave us a question earlier to help us assess our dependency on God, and so I'm going to give us one more question now that will help us assess how we're doing with remembering. And and again, there are probably lots of questions we could ask, but the one question I want to encourage you to reflect on at some point is this, and it will be on the screens. How much time do you spend being grateful versus how much time do you spend complaining? So how much time do you spend in gratitude, in thankfulness, versus how much time do you spend complaining? Do we readily and consistently recognize all of the blessings that God has given us? Or if we're honest, do we spend more time looking at the things that God hasn't yet given us, or the dreams that haven't yet come true, or the things we haven't yet gotten? One of the best ways to remember who God is and all that he's done for us is through the practice of thanksgiving. When we give our thanksgiving to God, we are intentionally remembering and bringing to mind God's blessings and all that he's done for us. When I do my quiet time in the morning, I usually start with a time of gratitude where I just say, God, thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for who you are. I encourage you, if you don't have that practice built into your life, build that into your quiet time with the Lord. Be intentional about spending time in thanksgiving and gratitude. As you go through the day, be on the lookout for God's blessings in your life. Because the more we spend time thanking God, the more we will spend time remembering him. And the more we remember God and what he's done for us, the more we will trust him and live out of a dependence in him, we'll live out of this truth that we can depend on God because he is dependable. And so again, that's the truth I want us to sit with is that truth of we can depend on God because he is dependable. And two of the ways, again, just to recap, that we can do this are through prayer and through thanksgiving. As I close, and I've got a few different ways for us to respond, and and one of them is new. I will do this in a minute, but as we close, I want to read one of my favorite verses from scripture. It's from Philippians 4, and it's one of my favorite passages from the Bible, and I love how these verses bring together prayer and thanksgiving. So Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus prayer and thanksgiving go together. When we are feeling anxious, when we need help, when we are feeling weak, we need to bring prayer and thanksgiving together. So my encouragement is that we would be people who bring our needs to God, who do that with thanksgiving, and who do those things as a way of depending more and more on Him. I wanna give us a couple ways to respond, and as we do this, I wanna invite you guys to take whatever posture is comfortable for you. You can put away your notes or your journal. You keep it out if you want, but this is just between you and the Lord, and I have a few different ways for us to respond. So I invite you to just take whatever posture is comfortable. If you're watching this on video, you can do the same wherever you're at, at home in your satellite group. But I encourage you, close your eyes if you want. You can put your hands out, palms up in front of you just as a way of receiving from the Lord but I'm gonna walk us through a few different ways to respond to what we've been talking about. So first, there are some of you here who are depending on yourself, you're depending on the things of this world, and if you're honest, you've never, ever made the decision to depend on God. You've not acknowledged your need for God, you've never said yes to Jesus and yes to a dependent relationship on Christ. The gospel or the good news says that we've all sinned but Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins so that we don't have to. He went to the cross, he took our sin upon him, he died for us and our sin and he rose three days later and all who place their hope, faith and trust in Jesus will be saved, forgiven, made right with God and will receive the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. So if you've never ever said, God, I want to depend on you, I need you, I want to place my faith and my trust in you, for the, then I want to give you an opportunity to, to do that now for the first time. And I'm just going to pray a prayer, and you can pray this where you're at, if you're here, if you're at home, you can pray this as a way of giving your life to Christ and confessing your need for him. You can just say, God, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Forgive me for my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sin. I believe in Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life, and I commit to following you, God, all the days of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, We celebrate with you, we're so excited for you, we welcome you into the family of God, and we would love to follow up with you. So please let me or Colleen know, please send us an email, if you're watching on video, there'll be an email on your screen, but let us know, we would love to celebrate with you and follow up with you. And then for all of us here, whether you just gave your life to Christ or whether you did years ago or whether you're still investigating faith, Um, I wanna invite us to respond in two ways to what we've been talking about. And I I want to invite us to respond by practicing right now together what it is that we've been talking about. So this idea of prayer and thanksgiving. So the first thing I wanna do, and I'm gonna give you guys a couple minutes to do this on your own where you're at, is I just wanna invite you guys to pray. So maybe there are some things in your life that if you're honest, you have not prayed about recently, you've been hesitant to pray about, you've never prayed about. I just want to invite us now to bring those things to the Lord. And I also want to encourage us as we do this. We did this last night as well at Women's Bible Study. And a woman came up to me after and wanted prayer. And to be honest, she needed a miracle. Like she needed something big to happen that was like, okay, well, only God can do this. We prayed and then she left and went to her Bible Study table. And then she texted me afterwards to say, God provided for me, like literally at her Bible study, and I won't, at her Bible study table, I won't go into all the details, the Lord did a miracle for her and answered that prayer. So I wanna remind you, even if you're sitting here thinking, well, there's stuff I need to pray about, but could God really come through? Does God care about this? God could really come through. God does care. And God is the God who can do what looks impossible to us. So right now, I want you guys to just spend the next minute or two where you're at praying. It's just between you and the Lord, Talk to God and give him your requests. Ask him for what it is that you need or your family needs or this world needs. And then the second thing I want us to practice is what we talked about with regards to thanksgiving. And so in a minute, I'm gonna invite us to do this in a way that might be new for some of us or it might be stretching, but I wanna invite you guys to lean in to this. There is something so powerful about thanksgiving. There's something powerful about giving our gratitude and our thanks to the Lord and recognizing God, these are all the blessings you've put in my life. These are all the ways you've showed up powerfully for me. So I'll start us off. I remember when my sister-in-law who had rebellious against God for most of her life, was dying of cancer. And my husband and I were trying to share faith with her. And she gave her life to Jesus a couple weeks before she died. And I'm so grateful that she's in heaven with Jesus. So what about the rest of you guys? What do you remember? What do you want to thank God for? But so I encourage you, again, build, build that practice of thanksgiving into your life. But on that, let me just close us in prayer. God, we thank you so much for all the stories that were shared here and all the stories that are represented here that we could thank you for but that weren't shared aloud, Lord. Just thank you for all the ways you've shown up. Um, powerfully, Lord, the ways that you have freed people from addiction, the way that you have um, done more than, than what a medical diagnosis says is possible, Lord, all the ways that you have given life and hope where it looks like only death was possible. And so, God, we thank you that you are the God who can do what looks impossible to us. And we thank you for all the ways you have done that and all the ways you will continue to do that. So, Lord, I pray you would send us out as women who depend on you, that you would show us Show us the ways that we lack dependency on you. God, I pray that you would remove any obstacle that keeps us from depending on you. And Lord, I just pray that you would make us women who depend on you, women who pray, women who are grateful, Lord, um, and women who just rely, rely on you and trust in you, Lord, for every need, every moment of every day, Lord. So we pray this all in your great name, Jesus, amen.